Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Dr. Bo Bruce. Even if you've never been to a church before in your life, I think it'd be hard not to have some image of Jesus as a shepherd standing with a little white lamb draped over his shoulders, living in your mind's eye somewhere. Perhaps you imagine that lamb as the lost sheep who's been saved and returned to the flock. And hopefully when you think of that lovely image, you think of our Lord's words, that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over that one repentant sinner that is lost and now found than over the 99 who were blameless to begin with. It's such a remarkable image that there's even a very important icon in the Orthodox Church called the Icon of the Good Shepherd. I want to show it to you. That's it. So there's Jesus with a little white lamb on his shoulders. Pretty standard stuff, right? But then you start looking at this a little bit deeper. And what's in the immediate background? The cross. And look at Jesus' hands. He bears the stigmata of the cross, the nails in his hands. So this is a type of resurrection icon, one that emphasizes the cross and how Jesus indeed laid down his life for his sheep. He laid down his life so that he could carry us on his shoulders from death to life. We indeed have an amazing God, or is that we have an amazing God indeed? Sorry, that's an inside joke. Anyway, we do have an incredibly, absolutely incredible God who suffered freely and an unimaginably horrific execution for no crime more than just being who he was. A death considered somewhat taboo, even for the Romans, who were not known to consider much taboo. I've been telling you about how we must get back to really feeling the shock of the gospel again. We can't let it become commonplace to us. We really need to remember how unbelievable it ought to be then and now that God, the creator of the universe, would become a little baby, grow up, preach, teach, heal, and then be condemned to a shameful death on the cross. For what? He accepted death, even death on the cross, to be our redeemer. He conquered death by his death. He overcame the curse of sin that we brought upon ourselves by himself becoming sin for us, becoming a curse for us, even though we always treated him as our enemy. That, my brothers and sisters, is love. And that's what the Good Shepherd does. So why are we still squirming in his back? Let's look at the icon again. I noticed in the icon that Jesus has got a pretty good grip on that lamb there. And I guess if you're anything like me, I wish sometimes he had a little bit of a harder hold on me than he does. I wish that I could wake up each morning and spend each and every moment every day relishing the real joy to be found in submitting to God. But I don't do what I should. I end up kicking my way out of his loving grasp. And that's why we need repentance. Last week we talked about repentance, and let me remind you what I told you Bishop Callisto's Ware has said about repentance. He says that repentance is normally understood as sorrow for sin, a feeling of guilt, a sense of grief at the wounds we've inflicted on others and ourselves. Yet, Bishop Ware tells us that this is neither a complete picture nor the most important aspect of repentance. 
Instead, we have to focus on the literal meaning of the Greek word metanoia, which means to change our mind. It's not just regret for the past. It's a fundamental transformation of our outlook, a new way of looking at ourselves and others and to God. Part of that transformation lies in understanding what Jesus requires of us. And in today's gospel, Jesus shares with us a kernel that shows us where we should direct our view of ourselves, others, and God. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father know me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. We already talked about the bookends of this verse. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But what's said between those words is what's critical to our development as Christians. That part begins again, I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. What Jesus is telling us here is that he only knows us to the degree that we know him. And when we know him, we know the Father. So do we know him? Yesterday, we celebrated the Feast of the Apostles of Philip and James. And one of the passages that's highlighted is from just a few chapters later than today's reading, also in John. And that's where Philip asks Jesus to show the disciples the Father, and that'll be plenty for them. Jesus responds, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Philip had walked with Jesus during his entire earthly ministry, and he didn't get it at that time. He didn't really know Jesus. So do we? How will we know if we know him? Well, the sequence goes the other way, too. The Father knows Jesus, and Jesus knows his own. In the same way that his own know him, and he knows the Father. So when we see in ourselves the Father and Jesus, we know that we know him. So what should we be seeing in ourselves? Well, we should see the Good Shepherd. And what does the Good Shepherd do? He lays down his life for the sheep. Today in Peter's epistle, he tells us that Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Jesus tells us that he must bring in other sheep, not of this fold, which is generally understood to mean the Gentiles. But now we must ask ourselves, if we're applying this to ourselves, who are the sheep not of our fold? I think we can see this two ways. First, anyone who isn't ourselves. That would be our neighbor, our fellow human being. We need to be their shepherd as Christ is our shepherd. We need to be the hands and shoulders of Jesus to this world and lift our neighbor up. We need to be sure that we are respecting the dignity of every person around us, especially in this very divisive climate we find ourselves in. And the second perspective is one of missions. This church is a mission, after all. And our main mission isn't to turn the non-Orthodox Orthodox. It's to turn those who are not Christians into Christians. That doesn't mean just winning over minds, either. It's more importantly winning over their hearts and their souls. And we don't do this by standing up here on a pulpit, exegeting as eloquent as I'd like to think my sermon is. No, we do that by loving God and loving other people. 
And we love people by laying down our life. Yes, it's possible that God will require our martyrdom. And if you feel safe behind the First Amendment here in the U.S., let us not forget for a moment that it's thought that there were more martyred for their faith in the last century than all others combined. However, there is more to being the good shepherd in laying down our life than laying it down literally. There are three primary ways that I think we can and should follow Jesus's steps as Peter urges us to do. The first two are mentioned directly by St. Peter in his letter. The first, do not return evil with evil, even when we're innocent. Not as easy as it sounds. Do you really let the driver off the hook who just cut you off on the highway without a moment of mini road rage? Are you able to let that perceived slight from your partner go? These are little things. These are, in some cases, situations with the people we say we love the most. What will we do when we perceive the other to be our enemy? What did God do when we were his enemies? Remember what God do, and do that to the best of your ability as you walk out the door today. The second that St. Peter mentions is we need to be dead to sins. We should live under righteousness. Jesus himself says, just after he was talking to Philip about seeing the Father, that if we love him, we will keep his commandments. This is not, and I emphasize not, about morality in the traditional sense. This is not about being good for the sake of being good. It's about knowing God. And only through real love can we begin to truly know someone, because love allows us to lay bare our most intimate details. And we cannot begin to know God if we don't love him. And we cannot love him if we will not step-by-step step work to keep God's commandments and avoid sin. We must be dead to sin. The third and final way to be dead is to be dead to this world and our world. Because I want us to, again, recall that God was being willing to be dead to his world even though world's not really the right word for God. And it's the best of God. So let me explain. God's the creator, the king, the ruler of the entire universe. And then what does he do? He lays down his scepter, throws down his crown, and participates in the greatest episode of ever, Undercover Boss that was ever made. And this isn't reality TV, it's reality. God didn't just lay down his life on the cross. He laid it down in the cradle. And that's what he calls us to do. I know I got a late start. How about you? So what better time than now? What better time to commit to following the commandments of God? And when we fall, and we will, to repenting and getting back up every time. To giving up a little tiny bit of our lives of luxury and comfort, just like he did to share the kingdom with everyone around us. God did all of that and so much more for us. He is the good shepherd. He is the good lamb sacrificed for us. And may God grant us the strength that we can also be so to everyone around us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.